If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this super awesome episode of The Mind Pump. Extra. We talk about fitness, building muscle, burning body fat, and we talk about current events and fun stuff. Here's what we talked about in the first 42 minutes introductory portion of this episode. We talked about disciplining children and uh, how we were disciplined versus how we're going to discipline our kids. I'm not going to use the old school Sicilian uh, wooden uh, spoon. No no thrown shoes? No, none of that stuff that was used on me. Uh, We talked about Four Sigmatics huge sale that they're doing on their mushroom coffee. Now they have coffee that is infused with uh, medicinal mushrooms that provide additional benefits to the caffeine. So if you like the caffeine buzz, but you want to enhance it, you should try the Four Sigmatic Coffee. Well, check this out. It is 25% off right now. And we have an additional 15% off when you use the code MINDPUMP. For the special discount on Four Sigmatic Mushroom Coffee, make sure you click on the link in the show notes on our website. Then we talk about the women's U.S. soccer team training cycle. Apparently, they were training around their uh, their their menstrual their menstrual cycles and taking the workouts and maximizing them best based on their hormones. I talked about the Department of Defense. Possibly weaponizing insects uh, from 1950s to like terrified the hell out of 1972. Me. Conspiracy theory time. We went into more con- conspiracy theories after that. Then we talked about the face swap app that everybody downloaded. Guess what? The Russians own it. Yeah. Good job. There we go. We talked about You're Netflix welcome. losing subscribers. Looks like competition is heating up. I talked about Berkeley spending well earned taxpayer dollars on changing the name of manholes to something else. You'll have to listen to the episode to find out. And then we get to the fitness portion of this episode. First question was, can you activate a muscle by flexing it before compound lift? So if you're one of those people that can't feel a muscle that you're trying to work on a compound lift, does flexing it beforehand help? The next question, this person wants to know the difference in both physical differences and cognitive differences between open chain and closed chain movement. So an example of a closed chain movement would be a push-up, and the counterpart open chain version would be a bench press. What are the differences in muscle building, fat loss, um, and in performance? Next question, this person wants to know if it's normal for their joints to hurt after they work out. Uh, This person's knees and shoulders tend to hurt the day after they work out. Is that normal? Is that something that we should all experience? Or are there things they can do to prevent that? Uh, like solve the root cause, maybe? Yes. And the final question, this person wants to know what our thoughts are on Peloton and VR-compatible fitness-type products. So we talk all about the technology and our predictions as to whether or not this is going to blow up even more or fizzle out like a lot of Sal brings up porn again. That's again. Thanks, Justin. (laughs) Also, this month, Maps Anywhere, our... No equipment needed workout plan. It's an entire plan that requires no gym access is 50% off. Here's what you do for the discount. Just go to mapswhite.com. That's M-A-P-S-W-H-I-T-E.com and use the code anywhere50. That's A-N-Y-W-H-E-R-E-5-0, no space for the discount. Make sure you take advantage now because this promotion will not be back for a very long time. It's gone forever. Let's start out like talking like Valley Girls. Valley Girls. 
Oh my god. That is totally cool, where Justin. Is, where are we right now? Now is Valley did Valley Girls originate from the Bay like from California? No, LA. Like LA. I don't it is. know. It is. Yeah, LA Valley. LA is considered the Valley. Hello. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> Do people still What's talk like that? Uh yeah. Like, so. like anyway. Oh, it's annoying. Yeah. So annoying. Just wait till we have uh, teenage girls. Oh, you got, you, none of you guys are going to have. I'm no. The, I'm the only yeah, one. Doug and I are the only one. You're the one, the one blessed. Yeah, oh, you and Doug. Doug's, Doug's already got it happening now, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know what, though? We're the only ones that are going to have kids that are going to take care of us in the world. Wow. So whatever. That's what, that's what girls do wow. for their parents. Wow. That's that, the stereotype. That true. That's true. That's the stereotype. Because I think I'm that guy for our family. Are you? <laughs> yeah. Pretty this, sure the responsibility to take care of my mom. No, my, fam- my family's always like, you have to have a girl because they're the ones that take care of you when you get older. I'm like, excuse me? Yeah. Dad? Hello. Yeah. I love people too. And he's like, I'm not dad. Huh? Do you feel like that in your family? I feel like you would be the guy who takes care of your parents. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I would, sure, mm. if they needed it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, do you I have four kids? There's four the of us, though. Well, I know, but do, when you look at the four, is it like like your? I feel like your brother's least likely. I'm probably the most capable mm. at this point. Right. See, it's yeah. a proximity thing for me. Like I'm closer. My brother like did the move where he like is far away. Yeah. yeah. He's like, oh, I would love to help, but oh, I can't. Oh, totally. I can't be there. I just feel like guys are more oh, likely sure. to be like, yeah, I'll take care of your mom and dad. Throw I just, them in a home. I just put a down payment on. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas girls like come live with yeah. us. That come, is a guy move, yeah. dude. Oh yeah, retirement home. Plus, there I don't. You go. I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't know if my mom would want to. Like, if my mom had to choose between moving in with me and moving in with my sisters, mm. I don't know if she'd choose me because she would probably think to herself, like, <laughs> I'm just gonna have to like <laughs> clean up after. Oh, no, I have to do everything for you. <laughs> I cook I'm, I'm too old for this. <laughs> exactly. So she probably would. Now, do you have? Is is this true for you? I know Justin. I think could probably relate to me on this one. Like, there's. Only how many days can you be with like your parents like in a mm, row? Can yeah. you go for weeks and no big deal and like you enjoy? Oh, before it? I get annoyed. No. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if there's. I don't. Know. I, I can always hang out with them. I'm gonna right. say five days max. Oh, really? you can make five days. That's Maybe pretty, that's pretty solid. Maybe that's a pretty solid because there's not very many trips where you probably have to be anywhere with your family or your. parents. Well, that's only when we actually vacation. We vacation with them a few times, but usually it's like they have their own you know, thing over there. And then we have our own thing over here. I would think it would be even more challenging when you have kids. Right. So like I've, I've thought a lot about this, like, yeah, it's not that, you know, I, I have a couple of days. That's about it. That's my, my peak where I'm like, okay, it's two time. days. Yeah. Yeah. It's about two right, days. Right. <laughs> and, but I, I, I haven't thought about it until now that I have kids like, cause you know, and, and I've got family around all the time now. And of course everybody has their opinion on how you should do everything like that. And I'm not used to that. And so it's like, that's interesting like what that's going to be like, you know, as he starts to to grow and I have to make harder and harder decisions for him or disciplining our way or what, like how much will my, yeah. my... Oh, and it's surprising too. I think for me, I was surprised how helpful my parents were, like more so than I would even anticipate. That's how I'm feeling right now. I, I'm actually pleasantly surprised that, and you guys know me, I've openly talked about one of the challenges that Katrina and I had in the relationship was... The family stuff, like it's just there's so much of it. It's like just they get together always. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody's actually at my house right now. So, yeah. um, and it's there's always an event, or there's always a reason for the entire family to get together, and it was always challenging for me. But I have to say, uh, and I thought like, oh God, here we go. I'm gonna have the son, and then everyone's gonna be at the house, and I'm gonna get annoyed. And I have not been annoyed at all. It's been uh, it's been amazing. It's been incredible to have the support uh, of especially her family. My family too, though. I mean, my sister has been, was amazing having my sister with us. Having kids mm-hmm. tends to change the relationship or at least your perspective on on family. Like people will move away from their family when they kind of, you know, become independent. Like, you know, if they grew up in one city, they want to move out mm-hmm. or move away, I should say. 
And then when they have kids, they tend to want to live near family. Um, so it just changes perspective. Oh, it makes sense because when I think now too, like when he, when Katrina goes back to work and, and I'm back to working full time, like, you know, I, I'd, I'd much rather him be in the hands of a grandma or an aunt or an uncle or a cousin uh, opposed to a daycare, you know? Mm-hmm. So oh, if yeah. I, if I have that option, I w- and I know some families don't, you know, I know that some people are in a situation where they don't live near family and because we do. Uh, that I definitely see the value in that. Now, here's a question for you. Are you going to be a spanking? Like, are you going to do the spanking for, for so punishments at times? So I, I subscribe to the Jordan Peterson uh, type of mentality as far as how, how that, I, I think there's a lot of value in spanking. Now, I don't think there, I don't think it's good to, uh, you know, I don't want to be the, I won't be the father who, uh, my son does something um, while I'm at work, and then when I come home, he's in his room waiting to get beat by me, uh, like I was. Like that—that that was something that I grew up with, and that I, whatever I turned out fine. But um, I do see value in as he's uh, in these younger years of you know getting ready to touch something that's hot or do something that's and catching him in the moment and whacking him on the butt and saying no, mm-hmm. and and catching him like that, like a correction. Yes. So I, I I will be someone like that uh, that that uses that. Now but, who else is allowed? So here's a good question: Who else is allowed? Oh, man, to you're spank? going for the deep question. You know, be, this is a, no, yeah, it's a tough no, one. I know it is tough. Be, nobody, yeah, not even yeah, not, nobody, not no. mom, not sister. Oh my mom, not, of course, agreed. Katrina. That's, well, that's my, Katrina. My mom, that Katrina, was Katrina, and I. Nobody okay. else. Nobody so, else. So nobody not else. Sister, not mom, no. not no. You're as no as a sister and cousins and grandparents. You're there to love him and support him. Uh, now they can punish if they're watching them, but just no spanking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'll yeah. be the one to make because I want to be the one who makes that judgment call on was it warranted or not, and mm-hmm. I, I don't want to have to go back and undo anything or correct what uh, I th- I think that they made a misjudgment on. Mm-hmm. So uh, better them not do it, and I'll handle uh, any sort of spanking because again, I I, I see it. it see, war- it, I grew, my family. I grew up all older relatives could spank me. Yeah. <laughs> if it's you're a relative, all, it's all and fair game. Oh, it's true. Yeah. My grandparents could, <laughs> my aunts and uncles could, uh, the o- older cousins couldn't. Depending on how much older, if they were a lot older, yeah. they could. So it was like if they were relatives and they were older, yeah, they could give us. Yeah, a, no, I grew up the same way. Open season on my ass. Yeah, you know what I'm saying like, <laughs> there was a lot of that. There was like Me a too, yeah, dude. there was a fucking wooden spoon yeah. that hung in the kitchen uncles, that was for spanking. Like yeah, you just grab that. He's acting up. You grab that. Whoop the shit out of him with yeah. that. Yeah. Trust me, he'll stop. <laughs> well, back in the day, that was that uh, was uh, culturally that's what it was. Teachers used to spank. Yeah. you know, and if you were an adult and a kid acted up, and you know, if you were especially in a position of authority, you were encouraged like. Spank the kid. And I, I don't, nobody's allowed to touch my kids. I think I've spanked my kids a grand total of two times, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, and it's very difficult. That's the thing I did not under, realize is that when I, when I had them and I did spank them a couple times, I didn't realize how terrible it would feel. It was horrible. Still to this day, it still sticks with me just to, just, and it was like a little spank on the butt that scared them or whatever. Yeah, I think for, for shock and awe purposes, it, it, I don't know how many times those moments will happen. I doubt there's mm. going to be many of those, but it, when when that comes, I think I will. But I, if he does something like at school and he comes home, like it, I won't spank him. That'll be a, a talk. Like we'll talk yeah. about that. Like yeah, I'll sit down. Been a handful of moments, and it it really is just about the like the noise and the psycholo- like psycho like 
psychology going into it. Like, you know, uh, I usually, what I, what I've done with it when there's moments like that, I'll, I'll, I'll wait. I'll have them go in their room and wait and like make them wait like extra long. So it's like <laughs> the fucking, the fucking fear it, you know, and then I get down there <laughs> and I really loud, loud steps in the hallway. Yes, <laughs> every, it's all that stuff <laughs> with like very little tap, yeah. you know, it's like the spank is like, they're just like already crying before I even get to it. Yeah. And so, <laughs> You know, everybody has their own style, but that's my style. <laughs> Dude, I'll tell you what, man. It, old school Italian moms. Holy, like my mom, I don't know how she was able to do this, but her accuracy with her shoe was <laughs> Olympic level. Like insane. I'm yeah. not even lying. Wow. She would, my brother especially. It's like the uh, not, Eddie Murphy stand-up. Oh, dude. Like, <laughs> and I'm not even, like my brother was a, I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat this he's a good person okay he grew up to be a great person terrible kid though terrible kid <laughs> used to break shit hit his sisters just always got into shit climbed the outside of the stairs once when he was little was hanging by his fingertips we caught him barely almost killed himself just terrible you know broke things or whatever and so she would go grocery shopping with us and there were you know four of us right so my youngest sister was the baby me and my sister were older and then my younger brother and she, you know, if you've ever gone grocery shopping or done anything with kids, you know how much more difficult it could be, especially when they're mobile. Imagine four kids. So we would be grocery and my, 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 my brother would fucking run down the aisles, just knocking shit off the shelf. Just, or he'd like run up to someone and push them just randomly. So one time my mom lost her shit. She took her shoe off and she flung it across the, the, the grocery store and hit him in the butt. And he's like, ah. And everybody looked at my mom like she was this terrible. So, <laughs> and I remember as a kid thinking like, is she going to throw the shoe at those people too? I was like, they better chill because my mom will fucking watch out. Yeah, so, dude, do it. hilarious story. So this has just happened this last, this last weekend. I had my buddy, uh, Justin and Janet over. They have the, um, one, one month, three, one month uh, or one year, three month old, uh, son Hunter, who you've seen me post on my Instagram before. Love that. I'm the godfather. Love that kid. And he's now learning words. Like, so he's starting to piece a couple words together and stuff. And Justin always, whenever he like Hunter comes over and like hits him with a toy or like that, just ouch, ouch. He makes a big deal with it. So one of the words he's learned is ouch. And then last weekend they're they're in the grocery store and they're walking and he just out of nowhere goes, ouch. Yeah. And like everyone turned around and looked at him like the, like, like they were <laughs> bad. Shocked, yeah. yeah. They said they got their like face turned like ghost white, like the little <laughs> shit. Somebody's on the phone CPS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They said it was the most awkward feeling ever oh, because man. their son out of nowhere decides to yell ouch <laughs> and people turn around like right away or look at bro, him like, what are you doing? Your kid in the grocery store. Bro, you'll sit there and try and teach your kid a word. Just try as hard as you can. They won't do it. You'll say fuck one time. Yes. And that's their new word. Okay. Or whatever. My buddy's friend, uh, excuse me, my, my, my friend's kid, the first thing he ever said was fuck yeah. And that's all he said afterwards. Fuck yeah. Every, yeah, every day, fuck, fuck yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. And, and, you know, and people are like, and they're like, don't laugh. Don't react to it. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, you can't so do They love it. You <laughs> see a two-year-old saying fuck yeah. That's the funniest uh, thing you've heard in your life. Dude, just wait. Uh, so uh, Ethan, I believe my oldest, he we were at like a... a What's that? What's that sandwich place? Panera Bread. Yeah. And we're going up to order something in line, and there was this like really like morbidly obese lady there, and like he just realized, like he just figured out, like I think he was like two or maybe even yeah, I think he was like two, and he just he just like had to point out that she was fat and like tell us about it, like <laughs> right when we're standing there loud. ready to order. Yeah, like you're fat. Did you know that? <laughs> 
I'm like, just turned ghost white. Just, I did not know how to react to that. I was like, I was like, he's, you know, I don't know. And then I just left. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know what to say. Yeah, fuck it. I'm not getting my order. <laughs> we're, up, we're going to Togo's like, now. Spit it in. I'm not, I'm not staying here. And then you combine the two. You're fat. Fuck yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. Let's leave. Yeah. Let's get out of here. Yikes. Anyway, uh, I, I wanted to mention this. Uh, I, w- I want to not forget to mention this on the podcast because uh, Four Sigmatic. Um, who's one of our sponsors. They do the, the supplements that are all mushroom-based. They picked us out of uh, only a couple other podcasts. I think it was us and a couple more to offer this particular discount. So they have, they're, they're putting, they're, they're, so they're only the good ones. But yeah, which is kind of cool, right? feels yeah, kind of good, yeah, right? Yeah. So it's 25, 25% off. There's Four Sigmatic Coffee plus our additional 15% off. So you can get 40% off of their Four Sigmatic coffee, which is their coffee blend with the mushrooms. Right? Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's the one, one of their that, most popular products. Yeah, and who was it? Was it you, Adam, or you, Justin? That no, I like the coffee. Yeah, that yeah, was you. Yeah, because yeah, I'll mix it with regular coffee. Yeah, So it yeah. does do well with that. So if you already like coffee, and I kind of doctor my coffee up a little bit with cream, and then I throw that in there, a dad I like. So. Yeah, so it's got the, you know, the mushrooms offset uh, the caffeine, or I should say augment the caffeine to give you kind of that. That clean energy buzz, which for for if you don't like the shakiness that caffeine can provide, mm-hmm. it's a good thing to uh, to kind of take the edge off, so I, it makes it more focused. I also heard Rachel said I thought I heard her tell you too that if they if you do like their bundle or what like that, that you get the free shipping too, so you can get forty percent off plus in addition to that if they buy a bundle. Yeah, that's huge. That's a huge blowout sale. Yeah. So and I'm I, I feel honored that we're one of the first one, the only podcast that they. They gave love, that to they love you. Yeah, well, what are you gonna yeah. do? I, I, yeah. they send for us recognizing. Free, they send me free cordyceps all the time. <laughs> I like, yeah, I love it. I use it all the time. Do you guys see the the article on the U, women's U.S. soccer team? You know they won and everything. Oh, they're bad, oh, dude. Yeah. They are dude, such bad champions. Asses. I love such watching. Badasses. So they actually uh, trained around their menstrual cycle. They actually, and the coach, I think I believe it's the coach or the training, the trainer, one of the Whoa. one of them actually found out all their menstrual cycles, and then they would did adjust. they all line up? Did they all line up and have like the that same I don't cycle? know I, that I don't know if they did because that, that Sal dispelled that myth. That yeah, I thought, yeah, was true. I, was I, used, I thought that was true that when you get a bunch, but that in, does it, happen sometimes. Well, so evolutionarily speaking, you can make an argument for it, right? Because uh, all you know, you would want all the women it's in the just tribe. Coincidence, though, you, right? Well, yeah. So it's like you ever been parked behind someone who has their left blinker on, and you put your left blinker on and theirs oh, is faster than yours simultaneously yeah even it though they're up eventually. yeah it starts yeah. to sync up right. eventually if you give enough time and then so and that's when people tend to pay attention when uh, things all match or whatever mm. but anyway so how did they change their workouts i don't know what they adjust the intensity based off of it uh, so you know knowing like where they're at in their cycle on like how intense they should be training based off that so based their mm. and recovery and shit so they adjusted makes perfect their, sense interesting ah, i thought it, that was it makes perfect sense if you look at the uh, a woman's natural cycle where the you know with the progesterone and estrogen and rising and dropping, it makes sense to. Now, at the end of the day, you have to also listen to the to, to the person, right? But at the, but uh, that definitely makes sense to adjust intensity, train harder when hormones are in position to you know provide better results when they're harder. To lay off the intensity when maybe inflammation's up a little higher because of hormones That's makes where perfect I see, sense. I see us getting better, like overall in terms of programming, like figuring out how like to add the right dose of stress. Like people are really learning how to, you know, manage stress a little bit more effectively. I think too these like wearables and tools have really helped kind of enhance that as well. Well, I feel like, I feel like we're just barely figuring that out. The importance of adjusting intensity. I think yeah. I think it was like believed for a long time that more is better and just the harder you get after it the more results you get i think it's 
that's slowly being dispelled and more and more people are realizing the importance of adjusting. The, yeah, the breakthrough will be when we have an accurate way of uh, in real time measuring that for each individual. Because like we're talking about women and their hormone fluctuations, what trumps that always is the you know their own individual right. you know energy levels and how they feel because your hormones may maybe they're supposed to be in this ideal situation for whatever type of training maybe you're at you know day 15 of your cycle and whatever but maybe you feel like shit or maybe the workout before affected you a certain way or your sleep was off or whatever then that's what you need to listen to so well, the, so when they have something that can measure that like real time That'll be crazy. Do you remember when we talked to uh, Dr. Andy Galpin about this too, uh, where you know he was making the argument too, though, that there there's some value in when it isn't most ideal for you to to stress yourself like that occasionally. Do you remember that when mm. it's not ideal? Yeah, like so. I'll give you an example. Yeah, like yesterday, I trained and I had a phenomenal workout, and I almost stayed home because I I probably should have because I didn't get really good rest. I was kind of groggy. Um, I wasn't in a caloric surplus. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, but I was like, you know what? I I, I was like, I, I haven't done this in a long time. I, I took a pre-workout, right? So I added even more probably stress that I didn't need yeah. to get through it because I'm for me, it was like, okay, I need to get back into my consistency. And I ended up having this phenomenal workout. Now, I'm smart enough to know that if I was having back-to-back-to-back days like that, most certainly would not be ideal. Yeah. Right. But there's got to be some sort of value in the occasional Right, stress infrequently. Like yeah, yeah, right. Doing that to the body. And well, I, and I believe the same thing was like being sleep deprived. Yeah, on some level, like it, it but, might actually help. You know, in terms of like stretching you out. That's well, why so, I was right yeah. in that sense. Right. Well, because you're healthy, you're a healthy person. You know how to eat right. You know how to train, and you nine out of ten times you listen to your body. You've been right. doing this long enough. What happens when you're sleep deprived or stressed is cortisol is higher, and cortisol is an energy hormone. And that's happened to me many times where sometimes I work out and I go into the gym to go after it when I'm tired or when I'm under a certain amount of stress. And I find that I'm stronger and I have more energy. Mm. Um, now, if you push it too hard, uh, that'll cause problems. And doing it consistently. Right. But that's what cortisol does. Whoa. And that's why cortisol is addicting. Yeah. That's why you have all these people that push their body over and over again because they get that buzz and that good feeling. I did one of my, I mean, the day, literally, it was either the day after or it was like a couple days after. I, uh, my ex-wife and I decided like for sure we're getting a divorce. Very stressful time for, I hit a, a PR and deadlift. I'll never forget. I went to the gym and I was lifting, which was, you know, it just bolstered my confidence. Like I made the right decision, whatever. I am powerful. Yeah. That bitch. Yeah. All that this weight. is a sign. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that weight off my shoulders. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. No, but it, it, looking wow. back, I know what it was. It was that my cortisol was high. I was stressed and cortisol is a stress energy producing hormone. That's why we get it when we get stressed out because yeah. it releases energy. Now, if you're constantly exposed to it, well, it fucks you up. That's why I think like most people like shouldn't even be concerned with that because the the battle is to you know fight that already. You're already constantly mm -hmm. like fighting that uh, being sleep deprived, being like overly stressed to begin with. So mm. I, anyway, so do you guys want to hear something uh, really crazy? Mm. You're gonna fucking love this shit. So uh, the U.S. House of Representatives approved a 2020 defense bill, right? So they're going to they're going to approve this is what you're going to and they do this every year. This is your, you know, we're going to approve the amount of money we're going to spend on defense. But they added an amendment to it. And the amendment says if it's forcing the government to reveal whether or not they 
weaponized ticks and other insects between 1950 and 1975. Oh my god! And then released them into the wild. What? That's right. So the the so they did find that the that the military did conduct experiments with ticks and insects where they weaponized them, but they are saying to them now, listen, before you get your budget, we want to see. Did you guys? And we want to see all the evidence and all the records. Can they trace just Lyme? Did, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, can they trace Lyme disease all the way back to that one island that they found in the East Coast? Oh, I don't know. I don't um, know. But I mean, could you? I mean, imagine if they came back and they're like, "Yeah, we weaponized them, and then we released some of these motherfuckers into the into the wild." Dude, this is crazy. You're getting my conspiracy like cackles up right now. Here. Now by <laughs> your antenna by weaponized, I'm assuming you mean like they put some sort of toxin in them that would cause some sort of either disease or sickness that you would get if they were to bite you or something that like they didn't like strap on M16s on there. Like Ant Man is going through my head right now. You know what I'm saying? We designed you know, <laughs> oh my god super microscopic guns. <laughs> What's your plan over there? Oh. Uh, Yo, Brad. Okay, I got an idea. So we're gonna take out the Soviet <laughs> Union. Yeah. We make small guns. Never make that Brad in charge. Yeah. yeah. No, but fucking crazy, right? So they actually added this amendment, and it says in it like, if you want your money, you're gonna let us know if this shit was released out in the wild. If you guys weaponize these fuckers and put them out in the wild, and it, could you imagine if they did? Now here's the thing. Here's what I always say. It's like that's a horrible thought. It's like it's like imagine. Needle in a haystack. Imagine, no, not even that. Imagine getting a bunch of people and being like, okay, everybody, you tell us if you broke the law or not, okay? You guys yeah. admit it, did you? Yes. No. Okay, no problem. <laughs> yeah, Here's right. your money. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> we want you to investigate yourself. No. Yes. So my prediction is this. The report's going to come back and they'll be like, yeah, we didn't do anything wrong. That's <laughs> yeah. what's going to come yeah. back. Yeah. Who's going to, you know what I'm saying? Or wasted tax dollars. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> but uh, crazy, though, nonetheless. Well, that's scary. To man. know that they actually work. And that's the thing with uh, with during the Cold War, because the world, literally the whole world was at risk. You had two superpowers with more nukes uh, you know, than we knew what to do with pointed at each other, hmm. ready to be launched. So, of course, imagine if you're in charge of the defense of the country. We're sitting in this room and we're like, look, here's a deal. If there's a nuclear war, everybody's, fu- everybody's extinct. Yeah. So you're putting – there is nothing that doesn't sound cra- – you know what I mean? Nothing sounds crazy. Like oh. someone can be like, hey, you know what we need to do? We need to make a virus that kills everybody. And you're going to be like, you know what? sounds like a good idea because, fuck, I don't know what we're going to – you know what I'm saying? Can you look up, Doug, maybe that island uh, on the East Coast? I swear there's been all these like crazy conspiracies that came out of like all these – uh, biological type weapons and things that they've been messing around with, viruses, all these things that, that are all like centered around this one place. And it's like you look at the, you tra- trace back like Lyme disease, and you could trace it all the way back like from the East Coast, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but yeah, it's just like all these like random things came out of there. That Plum Island. Found. Yeah. Plum that Island. Sounds about Fringe right. conspiracy theory or government cover up. Or government cover up. Yeah. <laughs> You know what sucks is when the, when conspiracy theories turn out to be kind of like true. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That's when it does suck. That's when you're like, okay, these crazy people are onto something. Yeah. Well, you know why it sucks? Because then you start to then you start to believe all the crazy conspiracy yeah. theories. Yeah. You're like, it's this- hard to sift through them at that point. You know, oh, it's like, totally. Yeah. Because then it, do we land on the moon? Ah. Yeah, no, the worst one that I heard uh, a long time ago, which actually uh, turned out to be true, was that the, 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 all the joint chiefs of staffs also even signed off on this. Okay. Um, it was the president that actually declined to do this. I think it was Kennedy, if I'm not mistaken. 
But uh, this was during the time of the Cuban Missile Crisis. So we have Cuba over there, and the Soviets are you know putting missiles over there, so it's in our backyard or whatever. And the plan was, and it was Operation Northwood. And by the way, this is a real yeah, that's been proven deal plan. It was they didn't they make a movie or a documentary over that? I don't know, but mm. it was a, a it's a, it was a real plan signed off again by the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Um, and the plan was to do a to stage a terrorist attack in Miami mm-hmm. and blame Cuban terrorists to gain public appro- uh, uh, support to invade Cuba. Mm-hmm. Because we wanted to invade Cuba, we need public support. How are we going to get it? Oh, they, they attacked us, and we were the ones Bomb that ourselves. were- ourselves. And then blame it on them. Oh, my God. Right. Now, imagine reading this shit after September 11th. That yeah, just exactly. fooled the fuck out of that whole thing. And then yeah. you wonder why people's first thought is like, hmm, maybe you know there was like some shenanigans involved. Oh, it. crazy, it's right? Like, it's, it's tough, because it's like, you don't want to believe it, cause, but then you see something like that where you're like- what they yeah. like? That's even a thought process that our government yeah. has. Now here's what here's what always. Now it didn't go. Through, it didn't happen. Of course. Right. And again, remember at that time everything was on the table because of the the danger of everything. But here's the way I look at it. When I look at these big conspiracy theories, I always think to myself like, hmm, the the government can barely run the DMV. I don't know how the hell they plan. <laughs> yeah. Some of these elaborate. You know what I'm saying? Like these elaborate. But they got off with the Manhattan Project. Uh, yeah. What's that? You know what I mean? What's that? Oh, that was like when they when they so, were building the atomic bomb. Yeah, that's how we created the first uh, yeah. atomic bomb. And so what they did is they made sure like only this one department was in charge of like a, a certain component, and so they didn't like share information, and they made sure like you didn't know the whole piece of the story. Yeah. Well, I mean, they did, but then so, of course somebody I, got in and freaking stole the the whole thing and took it to the so, so, I get so, why so, you guys like Stranger Things right. so much it makes sense now that I'm watching it I'm like all these oh, the conspiracy of that oh like, yeah. so good uh, right it's I, I can't believe you guys didn't bring this up to me when you guys were going through because I'm on season two right now I know three just came out and Kai Green's in it mm-hmm did you not remember that? Yeah, he was a bad guy. I don't even remember that. He's part of the... Okay, you remember when she finds her sister, number eight, mm-hmm. right? Eight. Uh, uh. She's running with like a, a, a little crew and they rob banks That's and do right. whatever like that. He's oh, part of that yeah. crew. Oh, yeah. I forgot about I season totally two. I forgot about season two. I know, dude. I'm like I, still in season two. I know, but I'm like, we, we, you guys used to talk about Stranger like, Things when it was when you guys were all into it. And I'm like, I can't... I'm oh, watching it. Yeah, and it comes up and I'm like, Kai Green's in this. That's I what, remember that. Yeah. I did not even know. I knew that he... I forgot to bring that up. I knew he was talking about trying to get into the movie. I didn't know he was already in a, in a mm-hmm. flick. That's crazy, dude. Speaking of uh, of Kai Green, uh, you know Sean Roden uh, not allowed to compete in the uh, you know he won the Olympia last year, right? He was Mr. Olympia, uh, dethroned Phil Heath or whatever. Right. They're not letting him compete this year. Huh? Why? You didn't know about this? No. Oh, I love it when I bring up some shit. You know? So because he's getting taken to to I think they're he's getting uh, taken to court because a woman is saying he raped her. What? Yeah. Oh, no. Apparently, now he hasn't been proven, uh, you know, guilty. Uh, they haven't got fin- gone to court or all that, but they said because he got accused and because he's going to be going to court. See, how do you guys feel about that? Like, we, we, we supposedly are come from this, uh, you know, you're innocent till proven guilty. But you see a lot of situations like this that as soon as you, as soon as it's been said, like, and I'm not defending the guy because I have no idea whether right. he did or he didn't. And, you know, it's a terrible, terrible if no, he did. that's a loaded question. Because, I mean, this is one of those things now that where you see, like, people, they just, like, want to, like, crucify someone before they even get all the facts. Like, you see that happen and a lot, and it's it's tough. The but cra- we also live in a time now where even if it comes out, it was totally bullshit. You're doesn't fucked. You're fucked. Yeah. yeah. It's already- Well, you, something like that, because yeah. There's, and there, sometimes you, it does. It's yeah. not often, but sometimes it does come back uh, that it was- There was one guy who got released out of prison. 
He was in jail for 10 years because it got discovered that the woman who accused him lied. Yeah. She made it all up and then she admitted it and then he got released 10 years later. How fucked up is that? But here's the thing. Yeah, it's okay. a can of worms to talk about for sure. Yeah, you're 100% right that we live in a, a time now where you're guilty until proven innocent now um, rather than innocent until proven guilty. And that's exactly why they can't, they, they won't let him compete. Because yep. if they let him compete, now they're bad. Right. Now they're the ones getting all the heat. And they're a, they're a private money-making organization. And I understand. They don't want that kind of heat on them. You know right, what I mean? Right, they, don't, right. they, they want to look like, okay, we, you know, we're, we're going to you know, step back. Wow, and, when did this get announced? I can't believe it didn't this. This was like uh, maybe a couple weeks ago. Oh, a week wow. ago. Mm -hmm. And for sure, he's not allowed to come back and, and compete. Not this, not this year, no. Wow. So it opens it up. For uh, Phil, there it is. See, he's he was charged with uh, with rape, and so his eligibility mm. was revoked. Wow! So they're just investigating it right now. Yeah, he hasn't been. He's been charged. He hasn't been uh, proven yet. Uh, okay. Proven one way or another. Um, so now it's open, right? Phil Heath, and some people are thinking Kai Green might come in back in, and it might be like Kai Green versus Phil Heath. Hmm. You know? Oh, interesting. Didn't yeah. um, Hani move on from Phil, or is he still coaching Phil? I thought I, I thought I saw him. Uh, pick up somebody else. I you know I don't follow those guys enough anymore because I'm I have not no in idea. that world anymore. But I could have sworn I after. Definitely don't know. Yeah, yeah, I know you don't know. I, I have no <laughs> idea. I doubt you. I'm not up on my hottie. You probably don't even uh, follow any of his accounts. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He, I know he's got hottie right. So that's one of his guys. And then I thought he did because hottie is uh, the two ten right. Isn't that yeah, what? Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, I think so. Right. So he's got hottie, and then I think he got somebody else, but. I guess I still see him here with Phil Heath, so maybe yeah. he is still with Phil. I have no idea. Speaking of conspiracy theories, do you guys know that that face swap app that we used? Yes. Which is, it was awesome, right? Great app or whatever. Oh, they did a great job with it. Apparently, um, it's a Russian-owned company. <laughs> and did you guys read the disclaimer on it? Like, of course not. Of course, nobody yeah, does. Nobody okay. does. Apparently, in the disclaimer, they get to take all your photos. You, they get to go into all your photos and everything in your phone, not just the ones you you change, but everything that's oh, in your wow. phone. Oh wow! And they have rights to use them for whatever they want, whenever they want, forever. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah, good now, job. You know, Russians. Yeah, but now here's the deal. <laughs> here's the deal. The, the, here's what a lot of people are saying. They're probably not going to do necessarily anything with your photos other than oh, use yes them well other than use them to bolster or strengthen or work on their ai face recognition technology because now what they can do is cross-reference those photos now they have like a you know 400 photos of your face they can cross-reference that with Dude, they got your Facebook. Everybody and, with that, yeah. Like all, at least hundred people that are like live on Instagram and are, and are like influencers. Like everybody, hundred and fifty million that. people downloaded it. Oh my god, hundred and fifty million. Million. Wow. Yeah, and but it's a again a Russian-owned company, and everybody's like now everybody's I deleted it, but see I always yeah, find it's too it, late. I'm I more it's too. funny that stuff. I'm like whatever about it. I I think it's more interesting to me way. that like something that someone creates gets 150 million people like overnight. Yeah, like, well they did such a good job. It was like I mean it, it was believable when you went to the old filter. You're just like it was trippy how like well that they crafted mm -hmm. that. Well, I'm uh, this is shame on us. I, I you know I'm mad. I'm definitely pissed off. I'm not mad at the company my fault i should have read yeah, it I, know. I should have looked into it and i should have understood that because the thing is this it's too late yeah. now you know, i can't I mean, put it back i mean we're public personas we have a podcast i have instagram you could you don't need to go on my my personal photos to, to do whatever you want with my face you could do that anyway and i don't own the photos i put on instagram either those are public so whatever but i have photos of 
family members and kids right, and, right, right. and my children. And I purposely, I my own personal decision, I don't post public pictures of my kids, yeah. but they have access now to right. all the photos that were on my phone. And that's my it's own fault. disturbing. Yeah, because yeah. I didn't read the freaking fine print. And in the era of deep fakes and all that kind of stuff, it's going to get so weird in a couple of years, especially now. You could tell, I mean, they've already been trying to influence our culture by like adding all these fake accounts and, and messing with certain groups of, you know, like people that are, uh, you know, out like out there picketing and trying to like, uh, you, it's crazy what, they're, what they've already been up it, to. It is, so, but you want to hear Another yeah, conspiracy okay. now. Lay it on me. Oh, yeah. Just, <laughs> just put my tinfoil hat on today. Justin Lovey. So you know that guy Jeffrey Epstein who got uh, now he's getting he got arrested for child uh, was he like sex trafficking or whatever and yeah that whole deal. I don't want to go all into it, but he's a disgusting human being and he got off real easy a while ago. Doing, now yeah. they're bringing him back in. Apparently he's connected to like the richest, most powerful people in the world: politicians, celebrities. He has that one island he would fly people to, yeah. and apparently he had underage sex workers there. And so there's conspiracies that he would film them doing things with these underage sex workers and use his blackmail or whatever. Yeah. So here's the other conspiracy. The other conspiracy is this: is that they've been preparing us with these deep fakes, so that when the videos surface of celebrities and politicians doing shit, that they can use that as a defense yeah. and be like, "Oh, that's not me." Oh, so wow. like they've been setting us up the whole mm -hmm. time because they knew, oh shit, the, this fucking lid's going to get blown off. Right. And I'm talking like the most powerful Paul, like Bill Clinton has been, was chartered on his private plane to his private island, something like 26 times. And many of which were without the secret service where B Bill literally said, no, you guys stay behind. I'm going to go by myself, which yeah. is very, that's a that's very like yeah. hmm, hmm. what's going on there. Yeah, what are you up to? But they're kind of prepping us with the whole deep fake shit, so that when it comes out, they can be like, "No, this is deep." That's fake. interesting because that's the, it's funny. You would think that it would make it easier, right? But now that we have things like that, people are going to be just as easy to be able to get out of it because they're going to be able to say like, "Oh, that's CGI. Someone made that." How are you going to prove it? Yeah, right. I didn't really say that. Somebody Isn't that else. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. Well, they have to try as best they can to keep up with the counter technology that can spot and identify with somebody manipulating images and manipulating videos. It's just like that's like going to be a constant game that we're always going to lose. Oh, weird. Yeah. Anyway, we were talking about Netflix, and you were saying earlier, yeah, Netflix declining. Is, what's going on? Declining. Uh, they had the worst quarter they've had in. in Eight years since they've started, uh, I think they I think they lost like close to a quarter million subscribers or something like that. Now, two things they attribute that to: one, uh, they increased their their rates, so you saw that I think they went up another three dollars or whatever. So that what that happened that last quarter, and then also the the Netflix originals that were that came out just they didn't have any blockbuster hits. They they just this quarter Stranger Th Stranger Things the third one came out. Uh, the orange is new black. That other one. And there's like three big ones that are mm. that are coming out this this quarter that they project that they'll rebound just fine. But I don't know. I just competition's heating up. Yeah, that's what I think. I think it's getting really competitive. And to me, it's I don't know. I know you really like a lot of their Netflix original. I think it's hit and miss. I think they're spending a lot of money to get a couple hits. And so it's. Gonna, I agree because for every I don't know if it's ten that they release, those one that's good. Right, and so you have to ask yourself like, is that sustainable to invest that much just to get one hit? And yeah, you know, I'm back on to just like what maybe a couple months ago, um, I added the you know, Showtime and HBO, and I tell you what, man, they've been doing their shit's fire. 
They have, they have, they've had such oh, a pedigree of writers. Yes, yeah. dude. Their documentary, their movies, their mm-hmm. their stuff is their their all their original content is fucking fire. Yeah, it's so really good. It's competitive, and now they're and I forgot who it was. I think it was was it Apple. I told you guys about that was partnering with them that would offer. You know, if you have if you're doing Apple streaming service, then you would get uh, HBO and Showtime for like a discounted rate. But I only pay. I think I think it's either four ninety nine or ten ninety nine a month for Showtime and, and HBO. Mm-hmm. And I find myself on as much or more on those two than I do even Netflix. Mm-hmm. You know? It's mm-hmm. it's it's look. They were the only show uh, around for a while um, for that whole streaming you know monthly type service type deal. It's a competition. This is, of course, it's going to happen, and that's yep. that's why I'm not worried about anybody dominating the market and taking it all up. And we need to be careful. No, I'm not worried at all. Uh, you know, they'll crush for a while. Whatever company comes out first, then other companies enter into the fray and compete. And we like they keep I, evolving if they're going to last. I, sure. I wonder if the model is like. I, I would think like you you keep a really low like you know two ninety nine or three ninety nine to have the app, and then you do a la carte. 99 cents a show or something like that. If you love Stranger Things and it only costs you, I wonder if someone will figure that out, do something like that, keep it to where you can undercut everybody, right? Because where it's going to get crazy is when you start getting all these are starting to cost 12.99 to 29.99 before you know it, now you're back up over what cable was, yeah. right? If and, you have a la carte, what'll end up happening, I do think it's going to get that way. I think it's going to get to the point where it's going to be a la carte um and what a la carte will encourage is writers. It'll encourage content creators to release their own product yeah. and make money Gotta off really of it. grab uh, our attention yep you know yep, you yep. really have to do a good job at that now point. the platform may be like a youtube where it hosts and people create their own thing but then you pay more to, to i don't know but i think it'll be a la carte that i just also makes most i sense. also wonder if google slash youtube is going to make a, a major power move in the next decade or less than the decade right this because they've got the attention of a ton of people and they are the most brilliant because they are using our content that we put all the money, the time right. and the effort in to the platform. They don't pay nobody. Yeah, I so. wonder how their YouTube TV's doing because I mean, I definitely got sucked into the whole Cobra Kai series. Loved it. The, there's two seasons of that and but that's it. That's all I'd even know. I really think what you see with them doing with things like that is really just kind of testing. That's yeah. just them kind of like putting putting their toe in the water just to feel feel it out and that see show what, killed it. it was see great. see what they got and because at the end of the day again they're they're probably the most profitable when you talk about all these streaming services because they're they're rely on us to pre- put yeah. the content out there it doesn't cost them any money to do that where Netflix kills it and so does YouTube as kids uh, Netflix kills it with kids they have a lot of content focused on but Disney's going to be doing their own thing and it's gonna it's gonna murder them yeah mm-hmm. uh, YouTube. Child, the, the child market or the kid market on YouTube crushes. Is, oh my, no videos got more that's got all, more views than the ones. All you that's, gotta say is a baby shark. Yeah, and, and yeah, it's yeah. Like, What doesn't even make sense? Oh, <laughs> all the all the stupid all the stuff for kids that gets views destroys all the stuff that's dedicated. Now the thing is that you know how how valuable is it in terms of how you can market to them, but. They they kill it. YouTube oh, it's the it long you. game. Are you yeah. kidding me? You're right. You it's, capture them early. Yeah, you capture them early to a channel that they love, and you get them at five, and you got them all the way till fifteen. It's you don't get them to buy one thing. You get I'm them to so buy curious. shit for the rest of their lives. I'm so curious at some of these channels, like because I've watched some of these YouTube channels with with my kids, and one of them was like these two twin boys. 
that uh, they basically try out these Nerf guns and then they have battles with them and stuff. And all they do is just shoot each other with them, talk about it. And then like, you know, and then they they start adding more graphics as they've gotten more popular and stuff with it. And they have all these wars, but it's like, how are they going to grow up? You know, they have like all these toys now, like all over their house. Like it's just, there's so much there. It's like fame and popularity is, uh, is very damaging to children. I a hundred percent believe in that. That's one of the main reasons why I, I'm, I'm very careful and protective of my kids because imagine being a kid and having all these followers, all these people uh, look at, okay, look, look at us right now. Our, our mind pumps very public. We have, you know, we've had millions of people listen to us. Imagine if you were a young kid with people, you know, saying, you know, Oh my God, I love you guys. I love this, whatever. You just develop a very distorted view of oh, the yeah. world and a sense of ego. And that is a long fall. That yeah. is a very long fall when you're a kid and you grow up that way. So I think it's a terrible. Well, remember, I would, that, remember that show? Like, where where are they now? The all the like TV stars that were kids. Oh, they're all fucked up. Like almost all of them. Oh, I like, feel like that. Like Eighty or ninety percent of them are like it's really. It's going to be up. so interesting to have a show just like that, but with YouTube you, stars and YouTube kids, and like I wonder, like how messed up. It'll be the same is. thing, right? Yeah. It'll be the same thing. It's just it's too uh, you you peak way too early, like yeah. you said. It's not even just about peaking. It's part of that, but the other part. Part of it is just again. Imagine if you're a kid, and imagine if you're a parent of a kid, and your mm-hmm. kid has millions of followers, and you're just their parent. Yeah. They think that of them. Their sense of self becomes so, oh, so bloated and yeah, distorted, so distorted, so yeah. terrible. You know, it's they'll a, it's, go anywhere and they just get stuff. You know, it's just it's bizarre. It's like you know what it's like. It's like the little prince that you know that that grows up in the kingdom, and everybody has to obey the prince and whatever, and don't piss them off. And they end up becoming a tyrannical, terrible leader every single time. King so, Joffrey, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah exactly. I love that I can reference things with you now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, makes yeah. me happy. That fucking weirdo. Hey, more more annoying uh news. Uh Berkeley, here's here's how you know your tax dollars are wasted. <laughs> the Berkeley uh, government, go. uh city council all got together, worked together, and all spent hours and time and taxpayer dollars deciding to change the name of manholes to maintenance holes. What? Yeah, they wanted it to be because <laughs> it has man in it. It's too masculine. Yeah, it's it, they wanted it gender neutral. So yeah. they, so they, they. This is the part that annoys me. If you think if you're if you're offended that something's called a manhole, fine, you can be offended. But you're that's my tax dollars. Like if I lived in Berkeley, I'd be fucking pissed that you why wasted the time. Hell, are you concerned about? Yeah, that? why are you wasting time in city council talking about legislate? That's like. I don't know how many I want to thousands find of these dollars. people and put their asses to work. Oh, like they need to do hard, laborious things. Yeah, is Berkeley like is Berkeley a city where like everything's so perfect that they're sitting around like we need to figure out what to do with this? Yeah, yeah. these tax dollars. Everything's so perfect. Yeah. let's start focusing on other shit. You know? Oh my god! Get oh. the fuck out of here with that. Oh, this is yeah. out of control. Oh, my head's gonna explode. This quaz brought to you by Organifi. For those days you fall short on getting your organic veggies or whole food nutrition, Organifi fills the gap with laboratory-tested certified organic superfoods to help give your health and performance the added edge. Try Organifi totally risk-free for 60 days by going to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. And use the coupon code MINDPUMP for 20% off at checkout. First question is from VMA Mr. Black. Can you activate a muscle by flexing it before compound lifts? That is the idea behind priming. Now, here's the problem with just flexing a muscle before a lift. If you have a muscle, if you have a poor connection to a muscle, you have issues activating it. 
it's harder to flex a muscle without any type of opposing resistance than it is to activate it with some kind of a priming movement or opposing resistance. Like you tell somebody with a poor connection to the glutes while they're standing relaxed, hey, flex your glutes. You know, have fun. Like, good luck. I've tried that at a party once. Didn't go well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when, when you flex your glutes, yeah. boom. Hey. Uh, but yeah, no. That is a party. Yeah. Flexing <laughs> flexing a muscle is, uh, before a lift, is what activates it. Well, but, that's what resistance training is, flexion of the muscles with resistance. That's right. what that's what resistance training is. Is All you're doing is you're, you're, you're flexing your muscles with adding resistance, whether it be body weight bands or dumbbells or barbells. That's exactly what it is. And it's also why some people struggle with... Uh, getting uh, developing a muscles because they're not good at flexing it, and that's uh, it's actually one of the things I really enjoyed, um, you know, about like bodybuilding and that that aspect of it is it really hones in that that skill to be able to you know activate all these little mm-hmm. muscles on yeah. your body, and then if you have if you have the ability to do this, this, is what's really cool too is if you can flex a, a isolate a muscle or get close to isolating a muscle. Uh, and then you go into a lift, you can actually change uh, the exercise, right? You can take an exercise that maybe more that was designed for your rhomboids and then it becomes more of a rear delt because just by you being able to focus on using that muscle and making that muscle take over the movement. Now, if people do this on accident all the time with things like squats where they're they're so anteriorly driven that they end up feeling it in their quads, and it takes over the lift when they should be filling their glutes. But part of why they don't feel it in their glutes very well is because they can't flex, to like Sal's point, they can't flex their glutes well. That's right. Yeah. And so now here's the thing. There's a little bit of uh, controversy around priming. Like, does it really increase activation of a particular muscle? Now, if you took somebody who had uh, no problems feeling a muscle working, um, and then they did priming before, and then they, you know, let's say they, let's say that they had no issues with their chest activating. They they, they have well developed chest. It's very balanced. They feel it. And you had them doing chest priming movements, and then go bench press. Um, is it going to change the activation of the chest? Probably not. The reason why priming helps people activate muscles is mainly because it helps people who normally can't feel that muscle feel it. Mm-hmm. Then when they do the lift, they know where they need to feel the lift, and they can change the focus. So if I, you know, doing hip thrusts, body weight hip thrusts, for example, a very classic basic way of priming the glutes before a squat would be to do a body weight, you know, you know, maybe banded floor hip bridge. thrust, floor bridge or whatever. Get the glutes to fire, then go do your squats. Is it going to make the glutes work more when doing squats? Yes, but not because it's anything magical about the floor bridge. It's because the person who did the floor bridge, who really felt the glutes squeezing, now when they go squat, they know where to feel it. Because it's an internal thing, isn't it? I mean, as a trainer, one of the techniques I would often well, you do touch a muscle on that's, some. That's yeah. right, right. That I, is it. That's not necessary. That's not. I, when I touch your glutes, it doesn't make more neurons fire there, but it gets you thinking about that muscle. No, it's which an the, external stimulus. It's yeah. something that like you actually feel and you respond to uh, as a result. And if you can, I mean, the key is to really be able to intrinsically be able to do that yourself and and, and really like navigate your way towards that. So is there really debate around this? Yes, because there, there's studies that'll show like, oh, priming the quad before a lift doesn't cause more quad activation or priming the And what do they use? A, a, a whatchamacallit machine? A, well, they're, uh, well, they're probably using somebody that has no issues. They're, they're probably using an experienced lifter who has no issues. But when you're when I'm training a client that 
has they don't feel it. Like I don't feel it in my lats. I feel it in my biceps, which is extremely common. Yes, uh, getting them to activate their lats with like, a, for example, another basic one would be like a straight arm rope pull down, mm. and get them to squeeze their lats. Now, when you do the pull down, now you know where you need to feel it. Mm-hmm. Now you can change the the technique a little bit in your mind. In fact, watching them. You might not even be able to tell uh, sometimes. Sometimes, most of the time you can, but sometimes you can't. Sometimes you watch somebody like, it looks the same. But the person is able to connect more to the muscle that they're, that they're trying to focus on. And so that's what the priming does. That's what activating it does before. You know, before. And again, as a trainer, I used to do this all the time. Now, the way I would do it uh, was either uh, priming them or I would touch the muscle while they're trying to work it. Like, you need to feel it right here. And I put my finger on it. And if you can think of that right now, like next time you go work out, have your gym partner or whatever put their finger on the muscle you're trying to feel. And then while they're doing that, now try to connect to that muscle now that you have the external stimulus and watch what happens. It's funny. I used to, even like when we're talking about compound, like doing just like a squat, I used to like nudge some of my friends when they're down in a squat, like warming up and to see like if it would knock them off balance or if they would, you know, have proper stabilization, you know, from lateral forces. What a dick. Yeah. You do that to your friends? (laughs) Sometimes I topple them over. (laughs) That's why I didn't work out with Justin. But it does. It, it shows you how you respond. Yeah, you know? it's, it's another external stimulus. There, it's like, oh, okay, you know, I got to make sure everything's working. Now, flexing, uh, just standing there and flexing, theoretically, would be a great way to do this. But again, the problem is, if I'm sitting here, let's say I have a poor connection to my lats, like I'm, I'm like, man, I do lat pull downs, I do pull ups, I do rows, and I just don't feel my lats at all. I feel it all in my traps or my arms or whatever. And and, and you tell me, okay, Sal, before you do a pull down. Flex your lats really hard. I'm going to look at you like, uh, I don't know how to do that. Obviously, I can't connect to my lats. I can't flex them. Now, if you give me a band and tie it over a a, pull-up bar and I do a straight arm pull down where I'm really trying to squeeze the lats, now because I have resistance, now I can start to connect more to the lats. This is why flexing before a lift to activate a muscle isn't great for anybody aside from people who already have a good connection. So if you're a bodybuilder, and you want to feel these muscles work more, and you already have a good connection, flexing right. beforehand is great. Right, great body. Absolutely great. And now Arnold and bodybuilders of that era um, actually placed a lot of emphasis on flexing. They would actually pose. In fact, that was part of Arnold's pre-contest workout. At the end of his workouts, you know, you know, weeks before a competition, when he's trying to get lean and, and you know, be able – you know, feel the muscles flex and build definition. He would pose at the end of his workout sessions, and he always said how it brought out more definition in his muscles. Now, I don't know if that's necessarily true. It does burn more calories and all that stuff. But besides from that, I think it brought out more definition because, and Adam can attest to this, he competed. If you can flex some muscle better and, and you know, in, in a way that to make it appear better, it's going to look better on stage, isn't right, it? 100%. So, so flexing would help with that. Right. Next question is from Like a Stranger. Can you expound upon the difference in stimuli physically and cognitively between open chain and closed chain exercises? What are the pros and cons of each? And should you stick to one or the other during the workout? Yeah, this is a great, really, really good question. And we've been talking about this a little bit this month because uh, Maps Anywhere um, is on sale. And that's our, that's our program that doesn't use equipment. So a lot of the exercises in there are what are known as uh, closed chain movements. Closed chain movement. So I'll give you an example of an open chain and a closed chain movement that are very similar. A push-up is a closed chain chest movement. A bench press would be an open chain chest movement. Now, the, the movement is similar, right? I'm pushing 
I'm, I'm pressing out. Now, with an open chain one, it's my hands that are pressing the weight out. Right. With a closed chain, you're it's- You're resisting the load versus, yeah, going, like you're using your body against the gravitational Right, forces. so open chain is your hands or your feet are the things that are moving. Closed chain is it's your body uh, that's, that's moving. Um, and are there differences um, in them? Well, yeah, absolutely. Um, closed chain movements, look, if you want body awareness- it's superior, uh, just hands down. Like if you take a gymnast and you compare them to a weightlifter, I don't care how functional the weightlifter is, the gymnast in terms of body awareness, knowing where their body body is in space, body control, balancing on their hands, pulling, you know, climbing over things, jumping over things. You know, if you were to do things like parkour or wrestle or whatever, the gymnast is going to have an advantage, all things being equal. Well, many camps would say that this is where you should. Most people should start. There's a lot of there's a lot of people that would say that you know before you even pick up a barbell or a dumbbell or do any sort of open chain movements that you should get good at your closed chain movements first because if once you have that good body control and awareness that that carries over yeah. into getting having good mechanics when you start doing open chain movements. Well, mm-hmm. I subscribe to that too because it, I mean it's a very crucial uh, part of programming to be able to. Uh, teach your joints to feel supported when, when you can go all the way through and like get them to function properly, but also like have your body feel like everything is like, uh, you know, uh, your, your bracing is, is on point. Like I can, I can make sure that like this force is distributed properly. So now I can actually apply more force. I can, I can get more intense and uh, I feel like we skip a lot of those steps uh, when we jump into the open chain movements. Right. Now, some of the benefits of open chain movements, um, in my opinion, they're superior for maximal muscle building. Um, you, the angles that you can use, uh, maybe there's more variety. Um, it, there's a lot more novelty with the different types of exercises. If you're a bodybuilder, obviously, most of your workouts are going to be open chain. But, you know, I'll say, here's what I'll say uh, about both of these. Whichever one you do a lot of, uh, there's a lot of value. I don't care what your goals are. They both belong in your training. Yeah. And they both belong. They They really do. do. No matter what your goal is, I really believe they both do, whether it be a bodybuilder. Because to your point, yes, for bodybuilding, uh, open chain makes more sense most of the time, but there's still a tremendous amount of value of doing closed chain. Well, the limiting factor with the open chain and bodybuilding becomes how big you are, right? Right. It's hard to see a 250 pound bodybuilder do all these closed chain type movements. Close, you know, closed chain experts tend to be muscular, but also have a body that's that they can manipulate, so they're not massive. Well, I think I, I feel like if they kept that, you know, on some level right. in the programming, they would have been able to maintain a level of flexibility and abilities, functional wise, uh, that uh, you know they didn't really focus on. Otherwise, if they if they eliminate it completely out of their programming, then yeah, they're not going to be able to. Uh, have that type of range of motion anymore. Mm-hmm. It's going to limit their, uh, you, you know, the, the, it's going to prune its way out of of their movement process. Right now, you know, squats and lunges; those are closed chain movements. Your your feet aren't going anywhere, um, and, and those are great massive muscle builders. Right? right, those are some of the best around. I, I honestly look th- this this falls uh, under the you know category of if you're not doing it, then doing it, you're going to start to see great results. Right. Regardless of what your goals are, if your goal is burn body fat, build muscle, and all, and you do almost no, you know, body weight, close chain type movements, 
what do you think is going to happen if you all of a sudden incorporate them or do them exclusively, even you know, just for a couple of weeks? Your body's going to respond. It really is. Yeah. Uh, I've seen this happen with friends of mine who were, I mean, they were into bodybuilding. They were into just building their their body aesthetically, and then watch them devote three weeks to working on like rings and you know bars and stuff like that, and watch their shoulders and. I see a lot of great shoulder development coming from some of these uh, you know, close chain movements, especially the ring movements. Mm-hmm. Um, some of my favorite exercises, like this pull-ups and dips, great exercises. Well, you see a lot more uh, rotation and a lot more work in that direction. Uh, it, like uh, open chain movements, it's it's kind of tough to really add those those elements as much as uh, you know doing things with with body weight. Yeah, isolation movements are superior. Open chain, right? right. Like it's hard to do a lateral. Yeah. You know, close chain. Oh, yeah, totally. Or a, you know, <laughs> yeah, a bicep curl. Yeah, how you do know, you do that? Or no, something I've like seen, that. I've seen people, seen people do that? Yeah, you do it like a side plank move. Uh, I've okay. actually seen people do some... Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll but boy, you got to like, be strong. Super creative. You yeah. have to be really strong to do that. Yeah, no, no, strong. you do. Yeah. You do, yeah. absolutely. Some of the most impressive physiques and people I've ever met were people that trained mostly... Uh, body weight. I'm just being quite. I'm being very honest. Well, uh, you talk about the uh, the another major pro is just the lower risk. When you talk about joint joint pain and just uh, r- way less risk for injury too. Mm-hmm. You're way you're you're definitely increasing the risk by doing open chin bar loading a barbell versus uh, doing body weight movements. Like I think it depends how you apply it, right? Because like you do handstand pushups and that's a very high risk exercise versus a light dumbbell overhead press or whatever. It really depends on the on the movement and, and how you're doing it. Yeah, but somebody somebody's not going to progress to a, a, a handstand uh, push up before they can even do a handstand. Like right. you're, so, you you would ha- already have good shoulder stability before you would even consider doing a press in that position. So I don't you, the, the same well, the same half of the, the same seventy five year old lady that you would grab right. five pound dumbbells and do a shoulder press with. You couldn't even put it into a handstand position. Mm-hmm. So if you can get into that position, I I don't know. I'm trying to think of like really risky. Body weight positions that that you could potentially. Well, think- well, what's interesting about that too, in like a when you're in sort of like a, that position when you're in a handstand, there's just so many factors of what has to work to, in order to stabilize that movement. Right. Versus, you know, like yeah, like the a shoulder press is not even going to compare to that because of how many intricate pieces have to stabilize your body and keep everything mm-hmm. tight and you know from swaying. Well, here's the other thing too that you, you might want to um, consider: modern life. Um, you're you're going to need the skill in terms of longevity. You're going to re- need the skill of moving your body around more than you'll need the skill of moving objects around. Right. I think you know. So, having body awareness, especially as you get older, I think it becomes much more important because you're not. I mean, what's the heaviest object? Be honest, right? What's the heaviest object you move on a regular basis uh, in modern times? It's yourself. Uh, how often are you lifting heavy things and moving around? If you don't go to the gym, it's almost never. So being able to move your body and you know proprioception is something that's super um, uh, undervalued. Uh, proprioception is knowing where your body is in space, mm-hmm. being able to turn and step and not twist your ankle or hurt your hip. Or you know, being able to fall, but fall yeah. in a way that doesn't break something. You know, just those little micro adjustments that you need to avoid injury. Like that's, right. that's such an important piece to the to the whole training process. Next question is from Gia Kelsey. Is it normal for all my joints to hurt after I lift? I know there should be inflammation with my muscles and possibly my joints, but I feel it mainly in my joints the day after, specifically my knees and shoulders. Could it be due to years of running track as a teen? Yeah. 
no, it's not normal uh, for your joints, or at least it's to say it's not a good thing for your joints to hurt after you work out. Muscles, that's a totally different story. But if your joints are hurting you after you work out, um, you either are not moving uh, properly, so your form is off, um, you don't have good connection, or you're overdoing it. But the joints... Here, I mean, here's the thing with your joints. You're not joints build and get stronger very slowly. So the goal is not to challenge your joints and make them sore like you would with your muscles. Um, not at all. Um, the other thing too is you may just have a lot of inflammation in your body. In which case, you still need to reduce the intensity um, of your workouts. I mean, how would you? How did you guys handle that with clients? Would they come back to you and be like, "Okay, my knee gets a little sore after we hit legs." Or whatever. Well, you're addressed. You have to address their mechanics. Mm-hmm. I mean, what when you get and, and knee is common. Like you hear this. I, in fact, I just answered a DM the other day. Somebody saying this to me, and normally it's a, a limiting factor. If it's the knee that's bothering you, it's probably a limiting factor in ankle mobility yeah. or hip mobility. And then what ends up happening is the knee gets stressed. Mm-hmm. If you have great range of motion and great mobility, then the muscle should carry the load the entire way through up and down. And so. It's a it's a great indicator that there's something there to be worked on, and I think we just overlook it. I think people just it's oh it's just part of it, or people avoid exercises. I don't I don't know which is worse, yeah. to just say oh wow I can't squat because it hurts my knees, uh, or to address this, address it and work towards it. I mean you you know that you got issues. This is why we created Prime Pro, is we went through every major joint in the body. And if you're having issues like that, then address mobility of them and work towards it. And you should get to a, a place where it won't. Um, but it absolutely running um, track for many, many years could def- definitely have made this worse. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't mean it can't be fixed. It absolutely can well, be Well, I've fixed. had this issue with uh, multiple clients, and one of them particularly, like, we used to be a dancer. And so, like, this external rotation process to everything, I, c- I couldn't get her uh, to maintain, uh, you know, just, you know, her toes to point straight in, in a squat, in a hip hinging movement, in anything. Like, everything always turned out. And so... Uh, the the knees as a result trying to overcompensate for that process like took a lot of the brunt of that and so it's just about mechanically we got to address this we got to address this on multiple levels ankles and hips and I'm constantly watching her gait as she walks and like seeing where she applies pressure and uh, you know and, and pronating not pronating and, and like we're we're breaking down like mechanically what's happening in her feet and in her hips and it it's a slow process but like as you start to really kind of work on these really uh uh you know the these the small things that that seem like it's not going to make a big difference it made a huge difference because now we have something that's more stable and and, and you know I can I can actually do a squat uh, without this external rotation being involved. Yeah, you need to find a way to work out that doesn't cause joint pain afterwards. And then you need to figure out a way to correct your movement in a, so that you can work out the way you were working out before, but then without pain. So in, in other words, if barbell squatting, every time I barbell squat, like I hear on Mind Pump, it's such a great exercise. And every time I barbell squat though, my knees hurt for a couple days. Now what I don't want to do is is say, oh, well, okay, whatever, I just have chronic knee pain, it goes away after a couple of days, so I'm going to keep doing it. Right. No. Or completely stop squatting. No, right. What you need to do is maybe squat in a way that doesn't hurt. And if that means you have to stop squatting for a second, that's fine. But work on movements, correctional exercises to get you to the point where you can squat again without causing this kind of pain, without causing this kind of uh, knee pain. Now, remember, 
And you, and what you said something interesting, Adam, about people who are like, oh, that's just my that's just my knee, or that they accept it, like, oh yeah, my shoulder gets just just hurts after I lift or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. That chronic pain that keeps popping up, um, you got to pay attention to it and figure out the root cause of it because over time that chronic pain can only get worse. It's, the, it's if you don't address the the root cause of why it's hurting, it will only get worse. It will mm-hmm. not get better with age. It's not going to, and it, even if you think to yourself, like, I'm just going to rest it. Yeah. I'm not going to do anything. Well, now you're going to atrophy, lose muscle, which will then do what? Make it worse. Yeah. Or you, you overcompensate. So you work your way through it by like avoiding that specific movement. But now you've built up these new patterns that are going to lead you in a whole nother, like, like can of worms that you're going to have to deal with. Next question is from ebraga 6 What are your thoughts on Peloton and other streaming at home workouts? How long before VR compatible treadmills and rowers? I think this whole market is really cool and fascinating. It totally does not appeal to me. Um, uh, it's hard enough to work out at home it, to put a pair of goggles on so I could pretend like I'm in a room full of other people. And I just is I, not me at all. I mean, it's for me, training is this. Uh, thing that I like to be inside of a gym and in my own space and headphones and music and and thinking about my body like I don't need visual stimulation uh, to to get me more involved in in what in this exercise program or workout but I do find it really cool I think it's pretty dope that you could get on a bike and race somebody in Europe and in Florida and you know all over the place and be able to see yeah. them and engage in in the class type of setting but. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm more curious than I have like an opinion on if it's going to, to last. I mean, Peloton is crushing it. I mean, they're absolutely killing it right now. So it's obviously, uh, I remember I brought that article up on the last live events. It was, they were comparing, uh, Peloton to, uh, what's the big one? Cycle bar, right? Is it cycle? Or no, soul, soul cycle. cycle. Soul yeah. cycle. They are comparing the two of them, the pros and cons of each. And when you just talk about convenience, uh, affordability, the fact that once you set your Peloton bike up, it's it's to you now forever. So you take mm-hmm. a class, you got to come in, you got to adjust the bike all the time because somebody else just rode it the class before. And that's kind of a pain in the ass. If you want to only do it for 20 minutes, they're all hour-long classes, so you can't just get off the bike because it's not in your home. So I, I think it allows for things like that. Like it, I think it would be neat for me to hop on there and ride for 20 minutes because I have 20 minutes that day, then get off and then walk away from it. Um so I think these things are neat. Uh, I don't know if it will be more trendy because I'm curious to the type of person that gravitates. So it's, it's the same. Yeah, I, I used to think there was like this massive progression in that direction. You know, like I I was thinking, wow, everything is going to be virtual and everything is is going to be like a game and, uh, you know, be super exciting. It's all about the experience of it and all that. I think that there's initial appeal to that because it it def- definitely feeds with like society in terms of us being addicted to our phones and uh, you know having this constant community access. Uh, whereas now I kind of see there's that there might be this counter movement in terms of being like overwhelmed with just too much electronic and like I always have to be around people and all that kind of stuff versus like just doing something for myself and getting back to I think there's a lot more like romance into the going back into the gym and just like being there with iron yeah I, I you know I, I've been thinking a lot about this lately um, and I think a mistake that I make a lot of times is I apply myself into it. So I say, oh, I wouldn't like it or I would like it. Right. I'm with you on that. That's why I'm- And the the problem with that is that uh, I'm a fitness fanatic. Like I grew up 
in the gym. I literally had my first gym membership as old, uh, I think it was 15, and then from 15 on, I was in the gym no less than three days a week, and then after the age of 18, every single day almost, right? And I think to myself, like, what prevents the average person from going to a gym and working out? And you know what? The, one of the number one things that prevents people is the intimidation factor. And I, to me, it sounds strange because I feel at home in any gym. I walk into a gym and I just feel at home. The, the sounds, the smells, the, the people, the, whatever. Yeah. It's just like another, it's like this is, it's super familiar. But to the average person, to the average American who, That's not you know, all. maybe they played sports in high school and they got old and they went to college, they graduated, they had a couple of kids. And now they're like, oh God, I'm 35 years old or, and I need to start losing weight. And then they walk into a gym for the first time, or maybe they've been in a couple times, but they never really spent a lot of time in there. It is an intimidating place. That's the first thing that I that I that I hear to people's mouths is that gyms hmm. can be intimidating, and it's hmm. not that they're scared. It's just it reminds me of like the first time I went to uh, judo or jujitsu. I remember walking in for the first time, seeing people do all these moves, and it was such an unfamiliar place for me that I had to get over that inti- that intimidation of that newness with all these people who are going to see me suck. Mm-hmm. They're going to see me not know what I'm fucking doing. I'm going to have to ask stupid questions. So for people, for most people to get started, to walk into a gym, then go into a class with an instructor, not know how to use the fucking bike, ask the question. A lot of people don't do it because of that. But something like this, where you're in your living room, you go in virtually, maybe they don't even see who you are. Maybe it's just an avatar of you. Or, just, or, you, or you just see avatars of other people Whoa. now i could see that getting people in there now i think saying? it would be cool i mean I, I get it from a group perspective like people are really into that group experience like it's cool because you have like you could see the instructor there's like you know there's all these pop-ups with all these other people doing it at the same time so it gives that kind of like live feel to it uh but in terms of like what i w- would like to see like personally would be more of like a prx kind of a setup or something like that where you actually have like legit weight setup but now you have a coach that's just you know on the screen and can kind of coach you along as you're doing it sure right because don't you see that what to your point sal the the person that you're describing that avatar like what do you see like what i see right away then as a problem is I know that that person needs to be weight training and they don't need to be getting on a bike and pedaling pedaling and racing people. And so what I see is uh, maybe shredding a few pounds initially why it's cool and it's awesome and it's a new thing in your living room and then it ends up being it's a, not the right a, a place to hang your, your laundry. Yeah. It's yeah. not the right answer. Like, for example, Curves uh, in the late 90s, early 2000s was a, this little gym model where it was a small facility, pneumatic equipment done in a circle. It was women only, super accepting. And it got a lot of uh, self-conscious uh, women to finally step into a quote-unquote gym and work out. Now, the problem with that is it wasn't the right solution. It wasn't the right workout. And so, of course, it 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 was flash in the pan. It blew up and then it fizzled out. I think that this has a lot of potential to blow up, but I don't see a lot of potential for staying power unless they actually apply the right things when it comes to exercise, which we talk about all the time. But still, if you think about it, how many people are intimidated to go work out because they're because they, they just don't feel comfortable in a gym yeah, with the all these majority. people, right? Yeah. And so now they can do something like Peloton or a VR treadmill or rower. They can get in there. They're still working out with people, but you don't see me. I don't fucking feel whatever. I'm in my living room. Dude. I'm comfortable. See, so I always want. This is part of our debate that we have with group training, though. Like the question that I have or the challenge that I have is: Is that a better thing? 
because oh, is it better? Right, because it'll make a lot of money. Cause but, yeah. the, right, because the argument is like, hey, it gets, and this we had this at our last live event where you debated me a little bit over the group training. That it's like, hey, if it if it's something that starts someone, and we've had people in our forum that debate me on this too, and I totally get that. There's always exceptions to the rule, right? So. If, you know, there's somebody who's like, hey, I found Mind Pump and I started because I got into a group training class and I'm now I'm here and I would have never got started if it wasn't for that. So I get that. But the question is, are you the minority? And it, does it end up fucking more people? Do more people do it, try bust their ass and end up, you know, making it worse for themselves because they see these initial results and they never see it again. And their they end up slowing their metabolism down, end up putting more weight on and it just discourages them more of that fuck that. I don't want to do this, this whole fitness thing. It's easier for me to just, you know, eat what I want and just accept being fat. Like, so I would challenge with that is like, is it really a good thing? Just like the group training argument that I make is like, I, I would love to have a Peloton because I also would use it judiciously. It'd be a cool thing that every once in a while I talk shit to you guys on the phone, like, Hey, let's get on the Peloton. Let's race tonight. You know what I'm saying? Like, and we have fun with it. And I think there's people that are listening that may have that same experience with it, and it could be an awesome thing. But the person, the, the majority, the reason why it'll make millions, if not billions of dollars, is for the, what you said, Sal, is that a majority of the people that will actually go use it are the ones that are intimidated to lift weights, mm -hmm. intimidated to go inside the gym. And so they're in their room or in their house doing this, not knowing that they're probably not doing, not only not the best thing for them, but probably yeah. potentially... Um one of the worst things, it might open aside the, from sitting on the couch and eating Cheetos. That's the thing. It's better than nothing, but it might right. open the door for what Justin said, which is like VR resistance training, um, which which would be phenomenal. VR oh, resistance be training would be so much better. It wouldn't be better than a trainer, of course, a person in person personal trainer. Unless it was one of us, right? But it it would be. <laughs> but VR you. would be fucking awesome. But think about it this way, like. As soon as you start to l eliminate barriers between people and what they want to do, boy, does it start to to take off. Like a, a good example would be pornography. Like the barrier used to be, if you wanted a dirty vi dirty movie or or dirty magazine, you had to go to the fucking store and be embarrassed, yeah. or you had to go to the you had to go to the rental store and you walk in the back room. With the shame. Yeah, you had to go to the back to room. Get the ultimate payout with all the dirty movies and come out and everybody knows you're gonna. And it was still a yeah. billion dollar yeah. industry. And it might your way through those crazy beads. Yeah. Or you have to go. I remember. Like, when, yeah, yeah, I'm getting this. I remember when I legally bought my first you know dirty magazine. I, I turned 18. I was like, oh fuck. I but then I'm like, oh my god, I gotta go to the store and buy this shit. People are gonna see me. Yeah. You know, it's that barrier, right? But then they eliminate the barrier now you can do it at home and all of a sudden everybody now looks at porn i think stuff like this is going to really expand the fitness market beyond what gyms could ever do because it gets rid of that barrier of intimidation it, it definitely argument. is a bigger conversation because i always think you know like we're still talking into this like little tiny bubble like as many people as we think are listening, I think that there's just so many people at like your comic cons and like, you know, these, these video game conventions. And like, I am just like amazed at, at how many people are just like sitting on their ass and like just mm -hmm. absorbing like, like electronics. Yeah. It, it, it's crazy to me. And I, and I'm passionate about wanting to like, be like, Hey, you can, you can have fun with that, but like move, like, yeah. don't forget to move. Yeah, they're well. What new? What they're trying to do now is new cities that are getting designed are starting to get designed with obesity in mind, and so what you're starting to see with these cities are they're they're designing them to be uh, where you where it's uh, more convenient to walk than to drive, and they have the neighborhood stores and all that stuff. Oh, and, that's cool. And and I think that's the only solution. I'm going to be quite honest with you right mm -hmm. now. I think the only solution to activity 
in the modern world is to start designing cities so that that becomes convenient because you yeah. know we designed the suburbs and it was like if you had to get anywhere you had to drive because it was five miles away mm-hmm. and so everybody stopped moving and when you look at people that live in old cities like San Francisco, New York City, Paris, Rome, the average person gets, I don't know, probably two to three times as many steps every day yeah. because if you want to go to the grocery store, it makes no sense to drive. Yeah, I noticed that when I was in Europe and I was going you know, through like uh, Scotland, Ireland, everything. It was like, dude, we were walking like everywhere. It's like, totally. could we, we could totally have gotten a taxi or whatever, but it was just like, nah, it's right, you know, it's a couple miles. And my, my, my brother lives in San Francisco and he's a big car guy, loves cars, loves, you know, fast cars, cool cars. He's a very successful dude. Sold his car. He sold it, and he's like, "I don't know why. I I, I don't want a car here. It makes no sense." So now he walks and bikes everywhere, and uh, I think that that will be the only permanent solution. But anyway, nonetheless, you eliminate that barrier of int- intimidation that gyms have been dealing with for decades. Like that's been the big problem with gyms. How do we get people to stop oh, being yeah. scared of us? Well, that's why Planet Fitness is blowing up. Hundred percent. That's one of the reasons why Planet's like the no judgment zone. Why do you think they're fucking crushing? Right. Is that whole like you know, it's not scary here? 100%. Whatever. Anyway, look, if you go to mindpumpfree.com, you can download all of our guides, fitness and nutrition guides, for free. You can also find us all on Instagram. You can find me at mindpumpsal, Justin at mindpumpjustin, and Adam at mindpumpadam. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.